We'll begin with a question from Greg at The Athletic, and then we'll head over to Jenna covering the Bucks for ESPN.com. Hey, Randy, thanks for doing this. Uh, I wanted to ask you about Mike Evans with the Bucks. You had a record of uh, the most 1,000-yard season to start a career, and Mike was able to break that record. I just want to ask you what you like about Mike and, and what it means to be as consistent as he's been in, in these first seven years. I think what I think what stands out about Mike is, you know, him being able to battle battle injuries, you know, throughout his career and still being able to put up those type of yards and being able to go through up and down seasons, uh, you know, with the Bucks and uh offensively and still being able to be successful and now his, you know, first shot at the Super Bowl and you know, I've always had a saying of records are meant to be broken. And that's what you go out there and compete for. You compete for a ring and, you know, you go out there and, you know, compete for your numbers. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of Mike's and, you know, I followed him in college and definitely followed him in the pros. So it's just a, it's definitely a good look to, to see that, you know, all the hard work that Mike has, has put in, you know, season after season, no matter, you know, um, you know, what the team has done, you know, now he's get gets a shot at, you know, going in and, you know, getting his, you know, first shot at the Super Bowl and his first ring. So, you know, I'm happy for Mike to, to see him in his position. And uh, like I said, I think that to me he's just standing out, just being able to just battle just the injuries and still being able to come back and just putting up the numbers year in and year out. Thanks, Randy. Thanks, Greg. We'll go to Jenna and then Karen with the Boston Herald. Thanks so much for doing this, Randy. Tom is continued to say that he'd like to play until age 45, but this week he said that he would definitely consider playing beyond 45. And so um, my question for you is with the weapons that Brady has now, you mentioned one already with Mike Evans, how long can he keep doing this for? Well, I think that, that, that you know, it's always been a, a, a playground for any player that plays. And, you know, you look at the, you know, thing one thing that really stands out to me, just looking at Tom's arm strength, you know, definitely, um, you know, being in the cold and, you know, New England, you know, in cold climate and different weather games and then been able to go down there in the sun and play and then been able to go back into a cold climate game, you know, last week against the Packers and being able to be successful, um, you know, battle through adversity and still come out on top. So I think just being able to see Tom you know, one, just his arm strength, you know, and number two, just being able to see him having fun with the, with the, with the next generation of guys. And I I think that, you know, when you see these younger guys that, you know, Tom has, you know, competed against their dad or, or played with their dad or, you know, however you say it, I think it just, just really, you know, just energizes, you know, any individual and, and, you know, one thing that Tom's when it comes to defenses and, you know, being sacked and stuff like that, I don't really think that's really what's going to move him out of the game. I think when he is able to still go out there and compete and put up those type of numbers and, and still have fun, you know, going in the locker room, being the first one in and, you know, stuff like that. That's what I see, you know, going on in Tampa and, you know, 20 plus years in the National Football League, still smiling, still being successful and, you know, now have a shot to go to a, go to a Super Bowl with another team. I mean, the man's having fun. So, you know, if he still wants to complain, he's still competing at a high level. And like I said, been able to deliver that ball, you know, not to – 
you know, any weapons. He's just out there just having fun and just a kid at the playground. And that's, you know, what you're looking at it at, at, you know, when you see a guy old like Tom, a guy still having fun. Thank you. And we'll go over to Karen and then Jason Reed with the undefeated. Hey, Randy, how are you? Not too bad. Um, in terms of weapons, uh, does Tom's offense uh, rival yours in 2007? How would you compare the two? And also, um, uh, what have you seen from Antonio Brown since his return? Well, I think that I think the 2007 season was more of a surprise to to the National Football League. Just one of, you know, Karen of of Brady. Um, you know, I don't want to say is, is this a Boston reporter? Yeah. Hey, Randy. Yeah. Hey, it's Karen. hey, how yeah. you doing, Karen? Nice to hear um, you, your <laughs> voice. Yeah. You doing okay? You doing me. okay? I am. I hope you're well too. Yes, ma'am. So, but being able to being able to compare the 2007 uh, season was more of a surprise to the league of more of of course me getting back on track, but I think mainly of Tom being able to um, go downfield and being able to complete the ball, the deep ball downfield, and I think that now when you look at uh, what he's able to do with Tampa that's kind of like Bruce Arians, you know, offense That's like his mantra of what he wants to do. And I think that plays into the strength of, uh, of Tom's ability. And I, you just heard me mention about his arm strength. And I think that when you first came out, when, when Tom first came out with us in 07, you know, we came out hitting on all cylinders. And, you know, when you look at, you know, how they came out against the, the New Orleans Saints uh, week one, Karen, of that, uh, I think it was a, a interception where he tried to throw the ball from one side of the field to the other. And I was just sitting there looking like, OK, Tom, this is not what what I'm used to seeing. But as the season progressed, you know, I think it was more I don't think it was more of the arm strength. I think it was just more of him getting comfortable within the offense. And now you've seen him being able to put up those type of numbers. And I think that, you know, with his accuracy and how he delivers the ball, being able to fit the ball in tight spaces, I think that's really what stands out 20-plus years later. And I think that's why the Bucks have been so successful. They have pass catchers that can catch the ball, they can get open, and that's the same thing that was going on in 07. And, you know, like I keep going back to 20-plus years, it's just, you know, it's great to see. It's just phenomenal for, for a guy to read be able to continue to put up those type of numbers, and that's what Tom Brady has been able to do. Yeah, and of Antonio Brown, what have you seen since his return, if I may? Well, I think that you know when you look at Antonio Brown, and I think they missed him last week, and you know uh, for him to be able to miss a game uh, because of a knee, you know I, I, that lets me know that his his knee was really banged up, and you know for him to have him more of a security blanket. You know, for all their weapons to be hitting on all cylinders, the cylinders. You know, they're going to need Antonio Brown. They're going to need guys like Scotty Miller. And you know, I think that when you look on the flip side of Kansas City with their speed, you need the speed of Antonio Brown. Um, you know, as far as what he's seen. So you know, I like him um, in this offense. I like him as a buck. I think there was a lot of concerns coming in. You know, for me, just mainly as his focus, Karen. 
of, of really mm-hmm. wanting to get back to the field, getting back to the locker room, getting around the guys and getting back to the football field. And, you know, he showed that. So I think that, you know, for them, for him to be absent last week, you know, it definitely hurt them offensively, but they was able to squeak it out in Lambeau in a cold environment. So, you know, hopefully his knee is better. And, uh, you know, for him to, to be able to, you know, battle some adversity on the field, off the field, of course, and be able to go compete for a football uh, uh, NFL championship is definitely, you know, great look for Antonio. I'm proud of him for him, for him to be able to, you know, overcome some obstacles. So it's actually um, good for him to be in this offense and then a good security blanket to have, you know, with Tom Brady, you know, around to, to, to really, um, you know, really have as a, as a, as a friend. Thank you so much, Randy. All right. Nice hearing you, Karen. We'll go to Jason and then Steve Sturby with the New York post. Hey, Randy, thanks so much for doing this. Um, Obviously, Tom's the greatest quarterback of all time. The Super Bowl speaks for themselves. Patrick Mahomes has only lost in the playoffs to Tom Brady, which obviously is nothing, you know, to be ashamed of in that. But Randy, if Mahomes can win this game, obviously he's still so young, but what would it mean for him moving forward in his career and, you know, where, where he could possibly wind up? I'm sorry, there was some noise, and you were talking about Patrick Mahomes being able to defeat Tom Brady, and what I'm sorry. Yeah, and just you know, if he can pull, if if he can beat Tom Brady, the only quarterback he's ever lost to, you know, in the playoffs, what would it mean for him, possibly moving forward, where he might be able to wind up in his career? I mean, when you sit up here and and talk about, let's you know, let's go back to regular season games of, you know, an old school quarterback you know, versus a young quarterback. And as always, you hear the phrase of changing of the guard. And I think when you sit up here and look at, you know, Tom Brady, <laughs> you know, is is just not to talk. You know, he showed in his play that he's really not really ready to give up his crown yet. And I think that, you know, for Patrick Mahomes to be able to have success in a regular season where, all the hype and, um, you know, all the talk was around the, the, the first meeting in week 12. And now you're coming back when the marbles count, not just in the playoff atmosphere, you're in the Super Bowl. You know, this is the last game of the season. So this is actually the, 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 the changing of the guard, you know, with, with the way that, you know, Patrick Mahomes is, is, is trying to, uh, you know, be the face of the National Football League. And like I said, Tom Brady's not ready to, you know, give up his crown yet. And I'm not talking about off the field. I'm just talking about as a competitor and, you know, as the quarterback that all quarterbacks, you know, look up to as, as far as, you know, going out there to, to defeat. And I think that Patrick Mahomes being able to come in this game is not going to be like last game. I think that Brady and this team, you know, mainly the offense has, has got a little bit more relaxed and comfortable now of of what they're used to of of all 11 guys being on the same page. So uh, they have the work cut out for them in Kansas City. But I like, you know, the weapons that Patrick Mahomes has going against Brady's weapons two weeks off. You know, I was just talking to Karen about Antonio Brown and, you know, him being healthy and getting back. And uh, like I said, I think, you know, when you look at the display of the the arm strength or the arm talent, uh, you know, you can even go back to the final four of last week of, of, you know, Josh Allen, um, 
you know, Aaron Rodgers, you know, with these two, you know, it was just the final four. Now you got these two. So, like I said, I think that the Chiefs have the work cut out for them of Patrick Mahomes because of, you know, the success they had in the first quarter. And then they start stubbing their toe in the third quarter. So, like I say, this is, you know, more of the game that you would look like at, you would look as the changing of the guard. But like I said, you look at a guy like Tom Brady and, you know, it just always goes back to the statement that he made about, you know, if you're going to compete against me, you know, you got to be willing to give up, you know, some of your life. And, you know, this is one of those games where, you know, whatever, you know, Patrick Mahomes and that team is doing, you know, you're a young quarterback, but you're going against the experience of Tom Brady in the championship. So, like I said, it's going to be an interesting game, you know, but I do see this game as actual, the changing of the guard if Patrick Mahomes is able to beat Brady in the championship where Tom Brady is, you know, the man in these type of games. Thanks, Randy. We'll go to Steve next, and then Larry Fitzgerald with the National Programming Network. And Steve Serby, if you can hear us, you're up now. Can, can you hear me? Gotcha. Okay, Randy, um, what makes Antonio Brown unique? Does he remind you of anybody you've seen over the years? And when he was going through his uh, adversity off the field, uh, did it did it sadden you? And what advice would you have for him going forward? Well, I think that you know by his size, you know you you've really seen a, a, a lot of guys with with his size. But I think that what really separates, you know, Antonio Brown was, you know, one his being able to catch, you hear us always talk about big wide receivers, you know, having a big catch radius. But when you have guys like Tyreek Hill, when you have guys like Antonio Brown that really, you know, have great hand-eye coordination that can really catch the ball and, 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 and really create separation. I think that really what stands out to Antonio Brown. And I think that, you know, just him being able to battle, you know, adversity, I think that, you know, he's not the first and he's not the last athlete to be able to battle adversity. And I'm not really going to really speak, you know, you know, on his off the field issues, because I've definitely had my own. But I think that when you look at, you know, what he's been through, the roller coasters and him being able to get back on the field. And, and, you know, I think I said this earlier about, you know, all the naysayers and all the question marks about, you know, why Bruce Arians and the Tampa Bay Bucks would bring a guy like, like Antonio Brown to their team where they already have the weapons, you know, right in place. And, you know, for them to really ignore all the noise and all the hype surrounding that team. And now they're making it in the Super Bowl. I mean, you can't, you really say enough about, you know, a guy that's, you know, really kept his mouth shut. And like I said, you know, he, he's still going to be able to, you know, battle some things that we may not know about, you know, that, that, that may have calls or, or he's still battling off the field. But I think for for us as fans, for him to be on the team that, you know, the coach put rules and everything in place for him and he's, you know, withheld and been the model citizen. So for him to, to be able to be in a, a Super Bowl like it, uh, a Super Bowl like this of everything that he's been through, you got to tip your hat off to him because he's been that, that type of guy that the locker room, you know, expected. And he's been that type of guy that, you know, Tom Brady lobbied for and, you know, he's been that guy that Tom Brady wanted on the field. And like I said, you can't do nothing but tip your hat. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Steve. 
We'll go to Larry next and then Ben Strauss with the Washington Post. Larry, can you hear us? Yeah, how's that? Perfect. Okay, Randy, how are you, sir? Not too bad, man. This voice sounds familiar. What's happening? How you been? All right, we miss you, obviously, in the cold of Minnesota, but uh, <laughs> thanks for all the great memories and all you did to help uh, with the family over the years. Got to ask you about uh, Byron Leftwich and Eric Bieniemy, these two terrific uh, offensive coordinators uh, trying to come out of the shadow uh, for two terrific coaches uh, and Bruce Arians and obviously, uh, uh, you know, Coach Reed. How do they do that? How, how are they able to get past that hurdle of they are the ones who are producing, even though they have great quarterbacks, the offensive strategy and success other than the head coach who obviously gets most of the credit. You know, I think, you know, Larry, for, you know, to answer your question, I think just for them to be able to move on from the position they're in of, of you know, the African-American, you know, hiring of, of, of head coaches, I think just – you know, organizations just being able to be able to pull the trigger and just give them an opportunity. And I, I think that, you know, my biggest statement of, you know, African-American head coaches is, you know, I don't really know the exact percentage, Larry, of of black African-Americans in the National Football League, but it may be 70, 80. I don't know what it is, but, you know, it's it, it's a shame to see that, you know, a black head coach cannot you know, be able to uh, lead an organization of that many black men knowing that they're, you know, African-American themselves. So it's, it's actually a shame to really see it and see that, you know, the league hasn't really tried to, you know, make strides of, uh, of, of taking a stand and moving forward going into the 21st century is actually a sad thing to see. But I think that when you look at guys like, you know, Byron left, which when you look at guys like Eric B enemy of, 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 them being able to, you know, hear all the things that said and, you know, good or bad, uh, for them to be able to be in the Super Bowl, uh, to like you just said, just being in the shadows of these great head coaches, you know, I've always just listened to sound bites, you know, mainly of Eric Bienen because I followed him, you know, as a as a college player and I loved him as a college running back. And uh, you know, now just to see him uh have success you know, for him to go back to back, you know, Larry, to be able to compete for a Super Bowl as a, as a play caller, you know, it, it's great. You know, I think that, you know, the one thing that I'll take from Eric B. Enemy uh, about, you know, the opportunities that he may have or the opportunities that he may not have is that he's just going to take, you know, advantage of what he does have. And that's advantage to go back to a second Super Bowl you know, with a team that, you know, respects, that loves him and, you know, not really dwell on, you know, not having an opportunity, uh, you know, for, for a head coach. I think he wants one. I think Byron Leftwich would want one. But I think when you see a man that's really not, you know, wearing, you know, all of that on his sleeve and really not, you know, showing that those things are really affecting him, just moving on with his day and putting points up with the board, you know, one thing you got to look at, Larry, both offenses are averaging 30 points a game. And, you know, it's the, it's 
definitely a, a reason because you have a play caller in left, which, uh, which we have a definitely a great offensive mind in Bruce Arians, but you have a play caller and, you know, be enemy, but have a great offensive mind in Andy Reid. So, you know, it's just great to really see that these guys are really, you know, really not paying attention of, of, you know, what's being said of them having an opportunity or not having an opportunity opportunity. I think that it's just a good thing to really see that, you know, with Tom coming to Tampa with, with everything that they had to turn around with protecting the arguably the greatest quarterback or maybe arguably the greatest player in, in National Football League history. And now they're competing for a Super Bowl and now Kansas City Chief is coming back to try to go back to back. I mean, like I said, man, you can't really speak enough about that, but you do definitely owe credit to, to both play callers. But I don't think that you know, me as an analyst going to sit here and dwell on it, you know, when you don't, you don't really see the coach really dwelling on it. But I think there is a problem, Larry. And the problem, I think, you know, like I said, going into the 21st century is just sad that, you know, more, more guys are really not getting that opportunity. And, you know, really you, there's a lot of questions. There's a lot of reasons why, but it's just really sad going into the 21st century that you don't see, you know, African-American coaches getting that opportunity. But like I say, it's, it's easy to root for those guys because they're not wearing it on their sleeve and now they're both in the Super Bowl. So that's a great thing to see. Thanks, Randy. We'll go to Ben and then Barbara Barker with Newsday. Ben, can you hear us? Okay, let's try Barbara. Uh, hi, Randy. Um, uh, Tampa had a lot, obviously had a lot of pieces when Tom came here, and they brought in a few more. But, I mean, did you realistically imagine that he would be back in the place where he is today, and where would it rank if he would actually be able to win with a whole new group of people after having spent his entire career in a different organization? Well, first of all, I don't think he ranks nowhere because I think he stands alone. Uh, yeah. You know, I think I think that, you know, when you look at his competitive edges and his competitive nature, it just goes all the way back to the draft. And I think that, you know, when you always hear him talk about, you know, what fuels him and really what just keeps him motivated, you know, it, it just, you know, speaks volume of it's been, you know, like a broken record year in and year out after 20 plus years. So, I think that, you know, when you look at, you know, Tom Brady being able to go to another team, you know, I think it just it, it just it just speaks volumes of, you know, who he is as a player. And, you know, I think my biggest concern going into the season was, you know, the way that they protected Tom, you know, in New England with their protection and it wasn't mainly the players, it was the, it was the scheme. And now that Tampa has, you know, started out slow with, you know, picking Tom up, up, up off the ground and, um, you know, going into their bye week, you know, seemed like they, you know, fine tuned some things like going up under a car and just fine tuning that engine. And I think that, you know, you've really been able to see the, the, the success of that team, you know, when you protect the greatest quarterback of all time. And I think that is, is one of the biggest things that you can just definitely you know, tip your head off to coach more, um, you know, Brian Leftwich, Tom Brady, the offensive line of what they've been able to do. 
because when you look at the, you know, the defenses that they, that, that they faced, you know, you can go back to new Orleans for the third time. And then you go on the, you know, on the road to face the green Bay Packers. So, like I said, I think that, you know, it just speaks volumes for them to be able to uh, turn things around uh, midway through the season and just been playing lights out and just seeing the team just being able to rally behind their quarterback. They knew what they were getting. Uh, I think some things were a little skeptical at the beginning of, um, you know, not seeing him, you know, as mobile in the pocket, picking him up uh, off the ground, throwing interceptions, you know, things like that. And now the team has seen, you know, a different offense. So it's easy for the team to rally behind their, you know, you know, their, you know, Super Bowl winning uh, quarterback. And like I say, it's just a great thing to see for him to go from another team where he had fun bumping heads, screaming, all that stuff. And now he went to another team where, you know, they just took that same mantra on and just sitting out just having fun. I think I started out early with just kids at the playground. You know, you see the defense out there having fun, getting the ball back. You see Tom out there delivering us to his weapons. And, you know, the, the, the good thing about his weapons is, you know, everybody wants the ball and everybody can't have the ball. So they're taking advantage of their opportunities. And that's, that's what you would want to see in the offense. And definitely that's what Tom wants in his receivers or his pass catchers. Thank you. Just a couple, we have just a couple more minutes. I'm going to go to Dane with the Pioneer Press. Hey, Randy. Uh, thank you for doing this. Um, if I could just switch gears a little bit here for, for a couple minutes. Um, I covered Justin Jefferson, and, and I know you guys have a relationship a lot of you made of that. What was it like to watch him break your records this year, and what is your relationship? You know, how has it grown um, since he came into the league? Well, I don't think we really have much of a relationship. I think it's just the, the respect factor of a, you know, the next generation of, of, of talent coming in the National Football League. And, you know, I think that, you know, I just look at what the Minnesota Vikings have, you know, tried to draft, bring in as free agents of, you know, trying to get back to a respectable offense. I don't think it was more of the receiver for me after so many years of drafting, you know, this receiver, this receiver, that receiver, and the offense really not, you know, you know, looking like anything. And I think when you have, you know, an offensive weapon like Dalvin Cook, and then you bring in a young stud like Je- Justin Jefferson is, that's what you want to see, you know, of, of what, what I talk about, having an explosion in your offense. And I think that, when you look at the records uh, that he was able to break, I mean, I've always had a saying of records are meant to be broken. And that's, you know, the fun thing about it is, you know, I love to go out there and compete and, and, and love doing it at a high level. And then seeing somebody come back, you know, 10, 15, 20 plus years later and breaking records, man, it just, it, it just, you know, lets me sit back and reflect and, and, and just joy, enjoy you know, the career and the success that I had, you know, just seeing somebody else coming back and just breaking, you know, the records that I, that I set. So like I say, it's just a good feeling. It's good for the game. It's great for Justin Jefferson. Uh, it's great for the team. It's great for myself, you know, cause it, like I said, man, you, you sit there and have the memories that you, you see, you miss the guys, you miss the camaraderie, you know, you miss game day and, you know, still mention, you know, with some of the, 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 the greats and the game of, of today. And like I say, it's just a good feeling to see. And I think, like I said, I think it's good for the, for the National Football League. It's just a great story. Uh, you know, everything that we've been through uh, this offseason, no, no 
OTAs, no mini camps, no training camps, and this young man hits the ground running, being able to break records. You know, really can't really speak. <laughs> excuse me, a much, uh, a lot about that. It just shows you that this young man is a player. He's a stud. You know, he's the future of the Minnesota Vikings. No dis- disrespect to Thielen because I think they go hand in hand and he's a great teacher for this young man. But I think that he is the future. And I think that, you know, as long as he's out there learning and still wanting uh, to go out there and get better, it's a great division to be in. Uh, and like I said, uh, there's a couple receivers in that division. I don't know about Robinson, but the pack has added. Adams, and now you have a young stud like Jefferson just waiting to see what he does his sophomore season. Hopefully it come out you know, with some explosion like he did his first year. Thank you, Randy. Appreciate you. Unfortunately, we are out of time for today. A sincere thank you to all of the media members for joining us. Please don't hesitate to reach out to me if you have any questions about ESPN's coverage going into the weekend ahead. Take care. Thank you.